Welcome to the Redeemer Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. At Redeemer, we are committed to connecting people to God's transforming love. And I hope this podcast is just one more way that you connect to God's presence this week. We have kicked off this new year with a series called 2020. Where is your focus? In this six-part series, we'll explore areas of our lives that need a little bit of refocusing in order for us to live fully into what God has called us to. So here is part four of 2020 from Pastor Adam Barnett. Well, hey, good morning. It is good to see you all. Uh, I want to repeat Billy's invitation to Next Steps uh, next Sunday morning. I'll be teaching that class during the 11 o'clock service, telling you more about the DNA and ministry that is a part of Redeemer, uh, and that'll be followed by lunch. So please jump online and RSVP if that interests you. We'd love to have you there. And I also want to say briefly to those of you who have been attending here for like five years or 25 years and you've never become a member, um, there's no shame in that. We do not judge you for that. You can also get online and fill out that membership form. I know I'm talking to about 40 of you right now. So uh, again, there's no shame. You can, you can become a member. You don't have to come on stage and everybody's like, I, I've seen that person for 20 years. Um, become a member. All right. I recently heard a story about a pilot who was on a routine trip and encountered unexpected trouble. He began to panic and he called the control tower and said, pilot to tower, I'm 300 miles from the airport, 1,000 feet above the ground and I'm out of fuel. I'm descending rapidly, please advise, over. Well, then he heard tower to pilot from the dispatcher. Please repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven. (laughs) Today's message is about prayer, and not the kind of prayers that we only pray in moments of emergency. Long ago, Reverend G. Taylor described preaching as the sweet torture of Sunday mornings. And I can relate to that with this message because preparing and delivering this sermon is sweet torture. It is sweet because, of course, I enjoy the reminder of the importance and the necessity and the beauty and the mystery that is prayer. And it's torture because I could certainly pray more. Can anybody out there relate? You could pray a little more? All right, this sermon's for 11 of you who are honest. We'll just keep going. August 14th, 2004, I held Andrea's hand in an old church in front of all of our loved ones, gazed into her eyes, and I spoke these vows. I, Adam, take you, Andrea, to be my wife, my partner in life, and my one true love. I will love you and honor you. I'm actually looking at her, so we're renewing our vows right now in front of you. Is that okay? (laughs) I will trust you and honor you. I will laugh and cry with you. I will love you today, tomorrow, and forever in sickness and in health as long as we both shall live. Um, I spoke those vows to my wife, and then we went to Jamaica. And imagine, just, just go here with me. Imagine if I pursued this woman Asked her father and her mother if I could marry her, and she agreed. Thank you, Lord. Imagine if all that happened and we went to Jamaica, and then day three of our honeymoon, she's like, why is this man not talking to me? What if I just stopped talking altogether to my wife? 
She'd probably be calling long distance home to her mother. Mom, what's wrong with this guy? What's going on? My husband's not speaking to me. It would be a horrible marriage, if a marriage at all, right? If there was no communication. Marriage takes dialogue and conversation and speaking and listening. But our marriage would not survive without communication. Why then do we think if a marriage would fall apart without communication, that our relationship with God can exist without meaningful conversation, without prayer. Prayer is required for the Christ follower in order to fully understand this relationship with God, in order for spiritual growth and spiritual flourishing. We have got to be people who pray. This is our source of life here, is conversation with God. So my hope today is that your prayer life is encouraged or even better Renewed or restored or revitalized. And I want to look specifically at two kinds of prayers with you today that are good for our souls. Disciplined prayers and spontaneous prayers. Disciplined and spontaneous. A disciplined prayer is intentional and planned communion with God, either individually or corporately. So it's intentional and it's planned. Time in the morning in your prayer closet or in your prayer chair or taking a prayer retreat Taking a walk during your lunch break every single week on Wednesday to talk with the Lord. Praying, sit down and pray with your wife or your husband or your children, or as we see in scripture, kneeling three times a day or praying throughout the watches of the night. And these do not have to be lengthy prayers in order to be considered disciplined prayer. They don't have to be five hours in prayer. I mean, that's awesome if you do that, but To be disciplined, it doesn't have to be lengthy. I'm sorry if this disappoints you before I pray or before I preach on Sunday mornings, I'm not in prayer for five hours. Really, I'm sorry if that disappoints you. But I do have a disciplined prayer as I'm in prayer throughout the morning as I come in here and listen to the worship team. I have a disciplined moment of prayer where I pray 1 Peter 4.11 over myself before I preach. God, As I serve you today, let me do so with the strength that you provide for me. And as I preach, let me me speak as if I'm sharing the very utterances of your heart with this church so that in all things said and done here at Redeemer on this Sunday morning, Christ Jesus would be glorified forever and ever. Amen. It's a disciplined prayer, but it's also simple, see? We have to have disciplined prayer life. There, There are many directions in which you can pray, and many of these are not new, and you've practiced them, but as a reminder, we pray in faith. As James encourages us to pray for the sick in this way, in faith, James chapter five. And we pray in agreement. The disciples prayed in agreement. See Acts chapter one. We can pray in agreement with one another. The prayer of confession, as David did. We lay our, prayer, our sins before the Lord and pray for forgiveness and mercy. Prayer of supplication, Paul encourages us, let your requests be made known to God, Philippians chapter four. The prayer of thanksgiving, both for the the mountains and the valleys that exist over the course of our lives. We can be thankful on the most wonderful days, but also there's reasons to be thankful as we face trials. We can express our gratitude to God. Prayer of worship, For thousands of reasons, we can give God praise and thanksgiving and adoration for who he is. Prayer of consecration, to bless or to dedicate someone or something for the purposes of God and for the will of God. We did that in the last service. We we blessed a child and a baby dedication. 
Prayer of consecration, prayer of intercession. We pray for one another. Jesus models this. John chapter 17, the entire chapter is his prayer for his disciples and for you and for me. And we pray in the spirit, heart, mind, and soul engaged in fervent prayer. But as you pray in the spirit, you can only do so with the help and assistance of the Holy Spirit. This is how we pray and have a disciplined prayer life. So last week, I talked about Jesus being the supreme evangelist as we looked at evangelism. And today, I want to say Jesus is the supreme example of what it means to pray. Prayer was his regular, unfailing habit. When he was in distress, what did he do? He prayed. When he was perplexed, he prayed. Hard-pressed, he prayed. As he was tempted or criticized or weak in the body or wearied in his spirit, he prayed. He set this example for us. And thankfully, He taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. He says, this is how you ought to pray. He says, this is how you should pray. And the emphasis there on you is this contrast and this comparison to other kinds of prayers that he was just discussing with his disciples, those who are prideful or hypocritical in their prayers or even superstitious in their prayers. He says, this is how you should pray, verse 9, our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now here's a few key insights on this prayer. All of our prayers should follow this pattern. This model of prayer, major on the person and nature of God first, start with his kingdom purposes and his interests. We start with the Lord and then we let our personal requests and we let our personal needs be secondary. The plural pronoun our is indicating this expression of corporate prayer. We ought to be in prayer together in this fellowship that exists in our church Hallowed be his name. We approach God with this attitude of reverence for his perfection in contrast to our imperfection, his wisdom in contrast to our foolishness, reverence for his power in contrast to our weakness, reverence for his love in contrast to our selfishness. This is how we lift up his name. And we keep our attention on his kingdom purposes. God, what are you doing in my life? What are you calling me to? What are you leading me to? What are you asking of me, Father? How can I apply your kingdom principles in my daily life? And we rely on him for our daily bread, provision. Now we see daily and we see bread. So the bread is the provision. The daily is saying, God, I'm trusting for your provision in your timing. If it's today or tomorrow, I'm trusting that you know what I need and you also know when I need it. Give us this day our daily bread. We confess our sin in prayer. We ask for mercy and forgiveness only because we have first been merciful to others, right? The Amplified Bible puts it this way. We gotta let go of both the wrong and the resentment. 
We gotta let go of the wrong that we've done and allow God to forgive us, and we've gotta let go of the resentment that we carry because of what other people have done to us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and we ask for protection and deliverance from temptation and help when the enemy attacks. So I would love it if we would pray this prayer corporately today. But first, we're gonna do something incredibly uncomfortable, a little bit awkward. So go ahead and look to your neighbor and just say, this is gonna get weird. Tell them, just spread the news. Warn everybody around you, this is gonna get weird. We're gonna be silent for 60 seconds. Before, oh, some of y'all just went, no! I'm gonna go get a refill right now. I think I gotta use the restroom. I haven't been quiet and still for 60 seconds the last time I can remember. This is hard. Especially in a corporate setting. But as you are quiet, Go ahead and close your eyes so you're not even seeing me right now. You're just hearing me. As you're quiet and you prepare your heart to pray this prayer corporately, I want to ask you to focus your mind on one thing and one thing alone. And that is that we are about to speak with the God of the universe. We are about to pray to the God who created you. When we pray in one minute, the one who is and who always was and who is still to come, the Almighty One, is going to hear you. Focus on that for one minute, that God hears you, and then we'll pray together. So let's pray together corporately out loud. Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 13, as recorded in the Amplified Bible. It'll be on the screens for you. Let's pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May it be so. Switch gears with me. We've talked about disciplined prayers. The other one, uh, comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.17. This small uh, scripture, only three words, certainly packs a punch because there's extreme weight, tremendous weight behind this instruction and in scripture. Pray without ceasing. 
I preached that one time and said, pray without ceasing. You should pray without both. Don't cease and don't seize in your times of prayer. To pray continuously sounds like an impossible request because we can't pray 24-7. You're not praying right now, probably. You're listening to me, probably. Maybe you're not. But we don't pray all day, every day. So it seems sort of impossible. But this is not a command about speaking nonstop prayers. This is a command about an attitude of prayer, an attitude of reverence, a constant awareness that you're not alone, that God is with you, that his spirit and your heart are in fellowship constantly. It's that awareness, and then when we are aware, we are then reverent of God. One author describes it this way. It's not in the moving of the lips, but in the elevation of our heart to God that the essence of prayer consists. It's not about moving your lips all day talking to God, but where is your heart? Are you aware of his presence in your life? What are the things each and every day as your day progresses that remind you of his presence, of his love, of his promises? And when you see those things or hear those things, do you stop and reflect on the fact that God loves you and he wants fellowship with you? So it's where our heart is. That's what allows us to pray without ceasing, to live in this place of reverence for him and his presence. And this is the second kind of prayer, not disciplined prayer, but spontaneous prayer. So not the moments where you set your alarm and you get up and have your time of of reading and prayer and study in the morning, but spontaneously throughout the day, unintentional, unplanned prayers erupt from your heart where you just can't even help it. In that moment, all you can think about is talking to God and you're excited about it. So whispering, thank you, Lord, tomorrow when you see the sunrise on your way to the office. Or thank you, God, when you have that close call on the highway. These spontaneous moments, praise you, Lord. Help me, God. Oh, I just said something so hurtful. Forgive me, Lord. Have mercy on me, God. Submitting a need to him in the moment of fear when you're afraid and you want to know that he's present. Or maybe you hear some bad news and immediately that's what happens and your heart just swells up and you just want to talk to the Lord. One very simple example, uh, years ago, an accident landed me and requiring a Metaflight. And so because I went through that accident, every single time I see one of those helicopters fly over, I stop and I drop everything. And I pray for whoever's on that flight, whoever is in critical need. Those moments, those moments where we just say, God, I know you're with me. One that I pray very often because I don't know what to say a lot of times. Lord, will you please help me know what to say in this moment? These spontaneous prayers that erupt in our hearts. If this is an area that you could grow in, I would encourage you to start experimenting with something called the Jesus prayer. It's a very simple prayer. And it's when when it's repeated hundreds of times throughout the day or the week, it kind of becomes a habit. It kind of establishes a posture of your heart before the Lord. It's a beautiful summary of the gospel as well, and it goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Thinking that throughout 
the day. So like we did earlier, we're gonna do something very uncomfortable. This could be a little awkward. So go ahead and look to your neighbor and say, this is gonna be weird. Just warn them, spread the news. This is gonna be a little weird. We're gonna be quiet for 60 seconds. And this short prayer will be on the screen. And then we'll pray it together to close. But maybe you need to pray this one time and then just think about the magnitude of the fact that God is hearing you. Or maybe you wanna pray it 20 times, I don't know. But enjoy the next minute of fellowship with God praying this prayer. Go ahead. Let's pray this prayer out loud together. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen. In 1952, a very famous scientist was lecturing at Princeton University, and one of his students asked, is there anything left in the world for original dissertation research? The scientist had to take a step back and with considerate thought, he said, yes, somebody must find out more about prayer. And I would say that's true for all of us. We've all got to be on a journey of learning and growing and discovering more and more of what fellowship with God looks like. And your prayer life is your prayer life. You know, in the mornings, I don't start with this long, elaborate prayer. I I just think, good morning, Lord. I pray good morning. Another day. Good morning, God. Thank you that you're with me. My friend Aaron with the band Blue Tree, who was here earlier, or last year, led worship one morning for us from Ireland. I love when he prays, because he says, hello, Mr. God. For him, that works. Mr. God is how he identifies in that moment with the authority that God has in his life. So whatever your prayer life looks like, it's your prayer life. It's unique. It's you and the Lord, but may we all take a step forward and experience increase in our communion and our fellowship with the living God. So now let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for the communion we experience with you. Thank you for fellowship. Thank you, God, that this is not religion, but you've clearly invited us into religion.
relationship. God, we're so thankful that we get to experience conversation with you. We're so thankful that we can hear you. We think we're so thankful that you love us. Help us to grow and experience increase in this great fellowship with you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.